What else did you guys get up to that day? So from there, it was to the Harbor Bridge bike ride. So we get on a bike uh, with the intention of making it up to the bridge. We didn't all make it up to the bridge. <laughs> tell us about that. No, what let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, tell us about that, Mike. Left behind, honey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, he went uh, on without me. <laughs> yes, the yes, spouse was left behind. Aww. back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And let's dive into a quick listener review before we get into the show this week. Sound good, Sam? Sounds great. You know I love hearing all those compliments. All right. Well, this one comes from Miss Blue Bell, who writes, Helpful and fun. Started listening to plan my first Disney cruise. I really appreciate Brian and Sam's advice and perspective. Listening takes the sting out of waiting for my next cruising adventure. Oh, same here. I mean, well, well you don't listen. Listening. You never listen. Well, so not <laughs> listening, but talking about other people's cruises like holds me over until the next cruise or the next park trip or the next whatever, right? So yeah, right now I am itching to get on the cruise and thankfully we have a cruise schedule just a couple weeks away. But then after that, we have such a big gap in our schedule, Brian. Well, I mean, not really. We have a river cruise after that and then... <laughs> and then a big gap. And then a big gap. Yeah. 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 But that's okay. I think it's okay. We need to slow down a little bit. We've been going pretty fast on these cruises. So it'll be nice to, nice to have a little bit more time at home in between. I think. Yeah. So. Plus some longer. Cruises. All right. So we got a fantastic show this week. Returning guests, Australia Cruising, Adventures by Disney. It is a jam packed episode. I love it. And I'm so excited because we haven't had Mike and Connie on for, I want to say, over a year now. The last time uh, we spoke to them, we did an episode on multi-generational cruising with their daughter. But I am so excited to welcome back Mike and Connie. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. We're so excited to talk to you guys. This is Disney Cruise Line's first Trans-Pacific Crossing of the Disney Wonder over, of course, as we know, for the Australia-New Zealand season, I'll call it. But you guys were lucky enough to be on that inaugural crossing on the Wonder, which is obviously a very unique cruise for Disney because it's the first of its kind and, and unique in general in the cruising industry. But before we dive into the topic, of course, we need to get your cruising creds. You guys have a ton of a ton of cruising creds, but why don't one of you tell us how many cruises you guys have been on and which ships and with Disney, sort of what, what kinds of itineraries have you done prior to this? Well, that's different. I've only been on 25 now. <laughs> only. <laughs> I just have one more when I took his mom. Nice. 26 cruises, Connie. Fantastic. Yeah. And we've done all five ships. Yeah. And well, we've done Transatlantic. British Isles, Panama Canal, Alaska, Hawaii. So, so it, it winds up being the wonders of ship we've been on the most, just because of the itineraries. That's awesome. You guys have done so many really unique itineraries. I feel like you know a lot of people have a lot of Caribbean, Bahama cruises, that sort of a thing. But you guys have all of the unique itineraries. So, well, you know how they always, or they used to ask. Which would you like to see added on the information sheet at the end, the survey? And I always yeah. put Australia, Australia, Australia. So when the 
thing came out and said they were going to go to Australia, I immediately said, hey, we've got to do this. I asked for it, so I felt <laughs> obligated, you know? Yeah. I mean, Disney answered your request, so you yeah, kind of have so to sign up for it. That's Yeah. Now, how did you guys get over to Honolulu for embarkation for the cruise? Uh, Dallas to Honolulu, direct, and then a couple of days at Alani to try to get accustomed to the time. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong. And of course, it's, you know, it's painful. You have to get accustomed to the time zone. <laughs> we had to make a trip around the Lazy River, get some shaved ice uh, and, and just chill out getting ready for the adventure that was to come. Yeah. How does one pack for this kind of vacation? I mean, you're going to be gone for several weeks, you know, between Alani the cruise, and then some time in Sydney. At least, I guess you got mostly warm weather for the time that you guys were going to be gone. But yeah, how much did you pack? Actually, no, it's spring there. Oh, yeah. And so we had to take layers, Mm -hmm. um, which was fine. And we did pretty much what we do anyway. We had about five days worth of clothes and did laundry on the ship. Um, and we even had to find a laundry in Sydney, which was fun. A little bit of an adventure. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, five days worth of clothes. And so there were there were several laundry trips. We even did laundry at Alani before we left. Well, that's smart. Laundry at Alani is pretty easy, too, since it's a DVC property. There's, you know, if you've got a one bedroom, you'll have laundry right in the room. Right. It, it, down the hall, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, and the beauty of it is on, on our vacations, Laundry is Mike's deal. <laughs> nice. Mike, laundry is always my deal. <laughs> it's always mine at home, but for vacation. She's, she's on vacation. <laughs> nice. I like it. Maybe I should institute that, but I'll be honest, I don't really trust Brian with my laundry. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I always tell you, just just send it out. Send it, it out. No, 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 no. I don't trust no, no, no. I don't even trust them with... I'll, I don't mind but that, Brian. But that's me. your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. So let's talk about embarkation out of Honolulu. Obviously, you guys were at Alani in Koalina. Did you have a rental car? Did you do Uber? Like, how did you get to the port? Because the port, I assume, is near or in or near downtown Honolulu? It is. Yes. We had a car service that we had booked because we wanted to make sure that we got there, got there early before the last time we were there. We also used a car service, but the people that were using Dizzy Transportation weren't getting there until, you know, 1, one thirty. We were getting on the ship whenever somebody on Facebook said the first bus had left Alani. So we booked it on our own so that we'd be able to be there standing in line waiting to get on board. And so what time did you get to the port then, Mike? We got to the port at 10.45 and we had 11.15 port arrival time. And it. Did things run pretty smoothly through the port of Honolulu or was it no. was it a mess? No. It, we were at a at a different cruise terminal and they had us line up over by the door to begin with. And then right about eleven o'clock they had us move over under some trees, which was nice. But they had us move and had uh rope set up for three different groups for the concierge, for the eleven fifteen port arrival, 
and for the 1030 port arrivals. So we each got into our lines and people were grumbling about we'd been here for an hour and now we have to move. And we went from the front of the line to the back of the line and, you know, all sorts of drama. But that wasn't as much drama as the person behind us in line because he was complaining about, well, no, I have an 11 o'clock port arrival time and, and there's not a line for that. And what's going on? And I was talking to him and and I said, well, let me see your stuff. And he pulls up his confirmation and it's for Princess. Yeah. It was on the <laughs> other side of the world. Oh, my and God. So, so, so were they, so Princess was at a different. Going about 1130. Wait, wait, but Princess was at a different cruise terminal then, yes. I assume? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Quite a ways away. And he was an older gentleman. So I really felt bad for him. And oh there were several goodness. people we talked to that their rides had let him off at the other terminal. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't know which one you're going to and you just say, take me to the cruise terminal, I'm sailing on Disney or whatever, they don't know, necessarily know, right? Especially if the cruise lines don't port there very often, which none of the cruise lines port there very often. So that was that was a bit confusing. And then we went in line and decided, okay, are there any upgrades available? Nope, no upgrades available. Well, that's kind of unusual, which you know the ship's not full, but Walk straight onto the ship uh, after checking in, get up there to the atrium, and they can't scan us in. People in front of us had the same problem. Other people are getting scanned right in. So pull over to the side, and person's talking back and forth, calling somebody about it. And it takes about five minutes or so for us to get straightened out and being able to scan in. So from the time you got to the port, Mike, to the time you got on the ship, how long are we talking here? We got to Cabanas at about 1230. So 1045 okay. to 1230. So about an hour and 45 right. minutes, basically, from, from door yeah. to door. Yeah. Totally different than it is in Orlando. It's such a smooth process there. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily Disney cast members doing things. It was people that worked there at that port. So, Well, after you, after you got on board, what kind of stateroom did you book for the, for the sailing? Veranda? Or, or you said you were in concierge. So were no, you in a no, family? We no, we weren't, we weren't concierge. We oh, I thought time. you mentioned concierge. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah, yeah. Time, but not this time. No, we, <laughs> we booked an inside stateroom. Okay. Because in taking our budget, the, the ABD trip was costing as much or a little bit more, more. even than our stateroom cost. Mm. So that, that was just our budgeting. They said, okay, we'll try an inside stateroom and we'll go on the ABD and splurge on that part. Was, was this your first time sailing in an inside stateroom, Mike? No. No. No, we've done it a couple of times before. And when our kids were teenagers, they love having an inside stateroom mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you close the door and it's perfectly dark and you can sleep until noon without any interruptions. Yeah. And teenagers, teenagers love to sleep till noon. So perfect. <laughs> We'd done it a few times with uh, Littles when they had the uh, virtual porthole. We purposely booked inside so we, they could see the porthole. Nice. So we got on board. The app wasn't working. It took them a while. I think it was about 1.30 before uh, they finally got to where the app was working for people on board. So just as we were able to go to our room and ditch our carry-ons and start going through, you know, seeing what was going on, since you don't have a navigator handed to you anymore, you got to... Yeah, and now this the was the sailing too, where they had a little bit of it for you guys, right? Because when you cross the international date line, you picked up a whole extra day worth of activities, right? Oh, lost a day. We lost a day. No, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So people that coming back. Okay. That's for that. Yeah. For the people coming back, you have the same day twice. And there were some people that were talking because they were planning on doing that one also. And part of the challenge is that 
the second day they can't book Palo reservations because they haven't figured out how to handle the same date twice. Right. They said you're going to have to book. I think I read something that said that those people are going to have to book on board. On board. On board. But they said that the day's activities will essentially be the same two days in a row. So to keep it (laughs) from, I guess, glitching or whatever. I think it's because it's really just because it's two C days in a row. But yeah, you guys lost a day because yes, you're yeah. going forward in time, not backwards in time, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. So every day that you're on the ship, then are you losing an hour? How does it, you know, how did it work? I think it was only twice, maybe three times. I think three times. Uh, I think there was only about three hours difference between Sydney and Honolulu. So it wasn't very often that we were having to change our time. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't until we were getting to our ports that they had us changing their time to get on. Yeah, it's interesting because on the transatlantic, just about every day or gaining time just about every day. Mm-hmm. How we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But they, they lost essentially 24 yeah. Hours, Brian. So that's so that the thing is, it's the it's the only it changed a couple of hours. But yeah. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. losing a whole day. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's not, that's not too bad, I guess. You wanna- Let's talk about the ports first. Tell us, you know, obviously this is a longer sailing. How many nights were you on board? And then let's talk about what ports you all went to. How many, how many nights we were on board was 13, 13 I think. Mm-hmm. 13 or 14. Yeah. I guess it was 13 because we did lose a day. Right. So our our first port was day seven, and that was American Samoa. Wow. So you're on six whole days before you hit a port. Yes. That's kind of amazing. Well, we had that with the Panama Canal cruise because of two hurricanes we encountered. We were on seven days before we hit a port. Wow. I love it, Sea Day, so it was no problem yeah. for me. No, I'm with you, Connie. I, I, I mean, that sounds like heaven to me. Let's talk about the ports first, and then we, of course, we want to talk about onboard experience. But American Samoa had this was probably the first time the Wonder had been there. I'm assuming. Yes. Did they yes, do they had quite quite the welcome for us? Yeah. What did they do when you all arrived? So they had people out on the dock on the dock dancing, singing a big show that they put on for us. And bless their hearts, a big rain came in and it did not phase them. They just kept on going. Amazing. I love that. What what did you guys get up to in American Samoa? Uh, America Samoa is is interesting. It's not heavily populated. So the the tour that we took, they had to change the itinerary because the museum that we were supposed to go to was having a funeral for the former governor. So we we get onto this bus that has, they take like a F-350 bed and build the bus on there using wood and plexiglass and old car body parts that they mold into the frame. And they took us out to a monument for a tsunami that had been there. And then we uh, made a couple of other stops, but the, the most enjoyable stop was the Marine Museum. Museum. Yeah, that was really uh, good. That they had a, a terrific show for, and not enough time for us to spend to look around. We just went through the show, and then and then onto the bus. So oh, it, wow, it it, it it was actually the first time that we've ever gone and complained about that the tour wasn't as advertised. They had told us about the change in the itinerary, but even some of the other things that we were supposed to do, we didn't we didn't have. But then 
they warn us that our tour guides are not really tour guides. Our our tour guide was the uh, tour operator's daughter. She was a senior in high school. Yeah, a, a senior in high school, which <laughs> take, taking the day off of school to take us around. She actually was very good. She, she, she was she was very good. But they like one stop is where are we going next? And he goes, I, I don't even know where we're going next. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, it was interesting. Yeah, we we, we learned a, a little bit about the culture and you know what her future plans are. Planning on going to the military because there's really not a whole lot of opportunity in Samoa for for what you're going to do when you grow up. And you know, okay. That's kind of crazy. Then, you know, that was a day that the Haunted Mansion was supposed to show in the theater. And then that just disappeared off of the off of the app that it wasn't happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's odd. Did they ever tell you why? It it just disappeared off of it. Everybody said, well, what happened? No, it's just not happening tonight. And the pirate show was that night. We skipped the pirate show. We've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the next port. We'll so we'll go we'll circle back and talk about the onboard experience stuff, okay. but oh, the next port was yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that was day 10. So we go from day 7 American Samoa, two days at sea. Well, actually one day at sea and and one day that <laughs> that disappeared. That disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we're in Fiji. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fiji was wonderful. We had to drive for an hour or so. Right. And then we went to a little village community, and they did the kava ceremony. Yeah, and this isn't kava like you get in Spain. It's the, from a bean that they yes, grind up. This is, this is some, some drink that they make that has a numbing effect in your mouth. Oh yeah, like, this is it, yeah. It's like I don't want to call it a drug. No, it's like it's, it's almost like a coffee beverage. Is. I had it one time at a coffee shop <laughs> yeah, that served they, they, it, they, and it's like yeah, it just kind of numbs. It's like a topical anesthetic almost. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and probably only half the people there tried it. Yeah, Connie didn't try it. I gave it a shot, but it was a lovely ceremony. And they did a welcoming ceremony with a lot of, of traditional things going on. And while we were waiting, they put the man kind of leading it, gave himself a challenge to make a basket out of these palm leaves in, what was it, two minutes? Yeah. And he did it. And then they got a young lady up there to sit in it to show exactly how strong it was. For American Samoa and for Fiji, were these, were you docked or were you tendering in? We, we docked on okay. everything. And, um, you know, we didn't ask in the beginning, so that first week of sailing in the Pacific, before you hit American Samoa, how how was that in terms of the the weather, the motion of the ship, uh, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it was great. We didn't have any problem until that very last night, which apparently is an issue. Something about a deep trench. Yeah, or people something. talk about going over the trench and and rough weather. But no, no, it was it was nice and warm. Okay, smooth, no problems. Yeah. So then in Fiji, then after the after the kava ceremony and the welcoming ceremony. Then we take a boat ride that we're going up to some falls where we have an opportunity to get in the water and, and see the falls. It's on the Navu River. And that was fabulous. Is that water was so clear and cold and refreshing and beautiful. The falls were beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Now, then on the way back, as, as we're oh, speeding down the story. river, <laughs> Connie's, Connie's hat falls off. It flew off. We were going yeah. pretty oh, fast. It, it, oh, like into the river? Into yes. the river. 
<laughs> I'm telling the guy, don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah, it. So no, no our, our boat guy, he, he turns around and goes out and there's a little kid, maybe what, 10 years old mm-hmm. with us that had been with us on the way and they're making sure the water gets bailed out of the boat and whatever. And he tries to reach down for the cap and misses it. Well, no problem. He just jumps in the river and <laughs> swims over and gets the cap and comes back over to the boat and hands it back to Connie. Wow. They were really taking care yeah. of you. <laughs> True service. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm curious that in terms funny. of the, the excursions funny. they offered both here and in American Samoa, do they have a good range of stuff or was it more limited? It was, it was pretty limited. Uh, when we're looking at things, there's only, okay. you know, three or four things. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Samoa, there, there was probably more limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I talked to anybody that really had a, a great experience no. in American Samoa, which is, is a shame, I think. They say they only get like 16 ships a year. Yeah, oh, they, wow. they don't have a whole lot of people coming there. So there's just not the infrastructure. Right. Uh, in Fiji, there was probably more things, more things offered. And, and yeah. And we heard other good, good things from other people as well. But I would highly recommend the, the longboat and going out to the, the waterfall. It was just lovely all the way down there. There were little waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had an early time on board. We had to be back on by 3 o'clock. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we got back to port, was like 2.45. Yeah. We didn't oh, have wow. any time to go look around or anything. It was, okay, you know, time to get on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so I'm not so surprised though that Fiji had more to do than American Samoa. I mean, it's it is more of a tourist destination. Oh, like with, yeah, lots of resorts and things like that in Fiji. You don't hear about people going and vacationing at that same level um in Samoa. Yeah. What was your what was your third port of call? Uh Nuamea in Nave Caledonia. Oh, how was that? That was good. It, it, it was great. My my biggest concern was uh, keeping up with what the Rangers were doing. The, the Rangers? Sorry, you're going to have to uh, I don't know what you're talking about. World Series baseball. Oh, those Rangers. I thought you were talking about like park Rangers or something. Yeah, I'm like, our, I have tar- our Texas Rangers were in the World uh, Series. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not big baseball people in this <laughs> household. So what was this port like? This is, uh, I assume, another tropical type destination. Yes, it is. And mm-hmm. they speak French. Mm. And it was just lovely listening to the man talk because he had that, even though he was speaking English, had that wonderful accent. Mm-hmm. Very keen to tell us all about his island and their culture. And we went to a cultural center there and it was lovely. Yeah. It was it was like an educational museum and people were there using the library and then it also had art exhibits and it had like different huts from the different types of people that had lived there and yeah it was very interesting cool so this is like french polynesia i take it yes yeah and then who is this a tourist destination as well and if so who vacations there is it europeans is it australians like a lot of Australians. Mm-hmm. They say they have a, a lot of people from Australia and New Zealand uh, that go there. You know, it's like us going to somewhere in the Caribbean. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of their destinations that they would choose. Gotcha. And this is this is probably our most exciting day uh, besides crossing the equator. Because when we got back and that was Tiana's show. 
a juggling act, but at 7.30, they had the Marvel characters in the atrium. Now, oh, there would be a surprise at 7.30. And they'd been practicing the Marvel show at night a few times late when some people were up. We weren't. Mm-hmm. I turned into a pumpkin before then, but they were practicing on board late at night. So we got the surprise. Oh, cool. Yeah, so the Marvel characters are out just mingling out with around people and getting pictures taken and told us, come up on deck at 1030 for Heroes Unite. Oh, awesome, which is the, the deck show that they do for Marvel Day at Sea right. on the Dream, or at least they obviously have done it on the Dream in the past. I don't know if it's going to switch ships. I, I they think it may have been updated, though, since they were really practicing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, plus they've never done it on the Wonder, so yes. that makes sense that 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 group would have to would have to practice it. But I think Heroes Unite is the the new or the newest of the Marvel Day at Sea offerings that they did this past year, basically. Well, they that's did a really cool. nice job. I mean, they just showed up and would start talking, and like someone right behind you, you turn around, <laughs> and it, it's a Marvel character, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Right there, you know, it was it was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. And the kids, of course, were going crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's really, yeah, really a lot fun. of parents were going crazy well, too. That's true. <laughs> the kids were going absolutely crazy. And then the yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And so it was, you know, getting back to just a little bit more of that spontaneity that you used to have. Right. Mm-hmm. That here's just something surprise that's happening. It's not on the app. It's not you're not planning your day around it. They just say, Okay, here. Yeah. Here, come to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I forgot to ask you at the top of the show was about how full was the ship or, you know, how many people, if you know? Were... 1,700. Okay. So, not full, but certainly not empty. The ship holds, what, like 2,400 or right. so. That's, so. That's why I was surprised that there were no upgrades available. But, yeah. That's where we found out why. Yeah. In, in Numega, they had media from Australia joining the ship, and a lot of Disney Cruise Line executives. Ah, so they had rooms, but they were holding them for those folks. Yes. Yes. Ah, so you had people, you had guests actually board in Noumea. Yes. Yes. That was our last stop before hitting Australia. Right, right. So that's, I mean, you're essentially you've got your two weeks on board with only three port stops. Yes. Was wow. that hard? I just, I'm just curious because, uh, you know, some people look at that and go, God, I would get bored. I would get so bored. But did you, are, are you the type of people who are just like, I just want to relax and unplug. I don't care. We can be at sea for, or did you have enough activities to do? Like how, how, how was that for you that many days at sea without port stops? Yeah, we're kind of a mixture. We like all the different things they're doing, but we also like a little downtime. And, you know, being up on deck and playing our own games, you know, we've brought along sequence, we brought along cards, we brought along other things to do. Yeah, we were just, for a lot of things, we we're playing it by ear. You know, you go through the app and you go, okay, there's bingo, there's trivia, there's this person going on, and the message would pop up, and we go, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, we're just hanging out. We're doing fine. They had a couple of special guests. One was a National Geographic photographer that was doing a presentation about, you know, taking landscape photos, taking wildlife photos. He's from Australia, so he was talking about a lot of the things in Australia. So and every at Sea Day, he, he, he had a presentation 
at 12 o'clock, no, 11.45 in the theater. But the one that we were enjoying the most was John Ashton, who is a celebrity chef, uh, doing a presentation at 11 o'clock in, what is that now, D-Lounge? D-Lounge. D-Lounge, yeah. And and he was just a hoot because it was it was all this you know improv stuff. He's got the recipe he's doing, and whatever they set out for him to use never worked right. You know, <laughs> so he's trying to go through making the recipe, and the oven won't work right, or the mixer is not plugged in, and you know you need to use a, a get this with a pair of tongs, and and you know he's got this little bitty you know, what you would use for hors d'oeuvres or something, trying to pick something up, but just it doesn't work. And he just goes, oh, sausages and go on. And, you know, at home you would do this or you would, you know, use whatever, but he would go through, he would go through, but he was very informative about. Yeah, I picked up a lot of new ideas. Very personable. He had one recipe that, that had a chili oil, but he said, use this chili oil, but he didn't give the recipe for chili oil. And he said, well, just, just email me. Here's my email. Email me and I'll send you the <laughs> recipe. And kind of emailed. And 10 minutes later, she got back the recipe for making the chili oil. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's- so we were there for every one of his presentations. It was it was kind of challenging. His, he was at 11. The other one was at 1145. Mm-hmm. But of course, John was never through at eleven forty-five. <laughs> right, right. And and so there were people that would just go into the other one late. We we didn't want to do that. His were recorded on; they were on demand. Uh, oh, the, which was a nice part the photographer. The, yeah, right. Yeah. The the wonders has now changed their uh, their video to all on demand stuff. So and we watch them on demand. We'd watch those on demand. John's were available on demand. And they always said, because it was, it was packed in there. They were putting in oh. folding chairs and people were standing up in order to, to see had to stuff. Stay, you had to stay in line an hour before right. it started. To get oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and they said, well, it's available on demand. And I said, well, sure, it's available on demand. But is anybody going to bring me my sample <laughs> and my glass of wine to my room? I, <laughs> I don't know about that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's more fun to watch live with an audience, right? I mean, that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So it sounds like, okay, so two special presentations pretty much every day that you all are at sea. Yes. And you I had had a pair of dancers that were teaching different dances every day. Oh, so dance instruction going on, dance yes, classes. A different dance every day. Oh, fun. Of course, us two with our four left feet. <laughs> do too well. <laughs> Well, you tried. That's what you matters, know, honey, right? Mike, what were the demographics like on board this cruise? I'm assuming not a ton of kids. There were quite a few kids. There were... Not the norm, you know, but still, there were quite a few kids. Yeah. Yeah, because I would go up on deck and be walking along, and you'd walk by the people that had their laptops out working and in the quiet cove area. Then, then you go on down as I'm going to get my coffee, and there's... Parents Ooh. and kids up there doing homework. Wow. I wonder if they were homeschooling or what. Yeah. Because that's a long time to pull the kids out of school since this was taking place in, what, October, right? Yes. But yeah. what an educational opportunity to get to go to Australia oh. and these mm-hmm. other places. Absolutely. But you've got to take the kids out for way longer than even two weeks, right? Because for, first, you got to get to Hawaii. Then you've got a two-week 
crossing to Australia. And then you're not going to just turn around and fly back. You've got to spend some time in Australia mm-hmm. once you get there. So yeah, you're talking about, you know, a minimum, I would say of three weeks. Uh, now there were some people from Australia on the cruise. Oh, nice. So people that had flown over to, to Hawaii and then they were mm-hmm. taking the cruise back home. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be great. For them, it's during the school year as well. Yeah. Just a different part of the school year, obviously. It's, it's spring for them and fall for, for us here in the States, of course. Let's talk about some of the other special sort of stuff they did on board. You mentioned they had, you know, Marvel characters out in the atrium one day and then they, or one evening, and then they had the Marvel Heroes Unite deck party. What what other deck parties did they do? I guess let's start there. Well, the, when we crossed the equator, there was a huge party, and we got a certificate and everything because we were now what shellback turtles, <laughs> shellback sea turtles, shellback sea turtles. I don't, I don't yeah. know. There's there's there's, but we we did get our Ducky Williams print. Yes. Oh, you got a Ducky Williams print for crossing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yes. And we really thought they would do something for the international dateline, but they didn't because apparently it was during the night. Ah. So when you crossed the equator, you said it was a big party. What kind of stuff did they do? Were there characters out? There what time characters. of day? Uh, we had King did. Triton. King Triton, yes. Oh. Doing doing a, a presentation about, you know, what all we're becoming now for for crossing the equator and and people going up and they had a limbo dance going on and kiss the fish. Kiss the fish. But uh. instead, of course, because there's COVID issues, instead of kissing the fish and passing the fish around, they had uh, one of the giant puppet fish like you see in the Nemo thing at uh, Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. was going around kissing people on the cheek. It was really cute. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. And he was blowing bubbles and dancing and yeah. I didn't realize that kissing, kissing the fish was a thing. I've seen the the Broadway show come from away. And if you want to be a Newfoundlander, you kiss the fish. And there's even a whole song about it. But I didn't well, know that well, that was an equator. Some people about in the Navy, they have all kinds of ceremonies that are not suitable for mixed company. <laughs> I bet there are. That makes sense. <laughs> well, that sounds uh, but like they, But they had a, a nice fun... presentation. I was out there with... Uh, with my compass because I'm looking at just the compass on the on the app on the phone and took a screenshot right when we hit zero zero. zero. zero yeah. Oh, cool! That's really fun. Yeah. Okay, so you had the equator party, we'll call it. You had the Marvel deck party. You mentioned there was a pirate deck party. I know you skipped it, but they had a pirate deck party, wow. right? Were there any other deck parties? Just a sail away. Oh, sail away. Yeah, the right? Star Wars characters were in Azure. Right. Oh, tell us about that. Well, that was fun because we were going by Azure and really hadn't planned to go in because there was a huge long line. But then here come all the stormtroopers and just start messing with everybody in line and everybody that's walking <laughs> by. And yeah, it was quite fun. You know, the same type of interaction you see at Galaxy's Edge. You know, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing with that data pad? <laughs> where, where is the resistance base, right? All yes. That. yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you the spy? That's something only a spy would say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you know what characters were inside for meet and greet then? It just said the rebellion or something. I don't, yeah. We didn't go in. Like okay. I said, it was a long line. Yeah. Um, 
And the fun was out in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, we, we've got our pictures with all these people. This is this is nothing new. We're going to go on and do whatever we were going to at the time. Right, right. But it, but it was nice just to have the little spontaneous interaction with the stormtroopers as, as we went by the long line of people waiting to get in to have their picture taken. Yeah, that's awesome. Because obviously the, this cruise, it's not a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. It's not a Marvel Day at Sea cruise. Right. But you guys got a, probably a, a good deal of those characters available for meet and greets on board because you've got so many sea days. So they've got to fill it with, you know, meet and greets. And they can't just, sorry, Mickey, they can't just bring out Mickey and Minnie, the fa- you know, the Fab Five for mm-hmm. every meet and greet because they only have so many costumes for the Fab Five, right? So it's bringing out these additional characters is a really smart way for Disney to get people excited. We really enjoyed Moana, of course. Mm. The first time we'd seen Mirabelle and Bruno. (laughs) No one talks about Bruno. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's fun. Yeah, we, I did, I did the meet and greet with them on the magic. And so nice to Nice to know they had them on the Wonder because they haven't had them on the Wonder, I don't think yet. So that makes sense. We're in line thirty minutes ahead of time. Oh yeah, and, and it was like an hour, probably an hour. Yeah, it was the same on the Magic for Bruno and Mirabelle. I went. I think I was there thirty to forty-five minutes before, and I still didn't get to meet them until forty-five minutes into their meet and greet. Like that's mm-hmm. how many people were in line an hour before, you know. Yeah. What about stage performers or performances? So obviously you're on the wonder. So you've got Frozen. You have, I'm going to blank on the shows because it's been a while that we've been on the wonder. You've got your three main stage shows. The Disney Dreams and Golden Mickey's. Golden How can you Mickey's, forget the Golden Mickey's, Sam? And, How and could so I forget honestly, the Golden Mickey's? I know, it's Brian's our, favorite. I know, I know, but our grandkids weren't there, so it's like, all right, we're, we're passing on all this. Just, <laughs> we're, 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 we'll, just, we'll just take our time. Well, you guys have seen all those shows, but were there other, did they have other either variety act performers or special guests like Broadway performers or, you know, anything special well, okay, in the so theater? The first, the, actually, the first night there was nothing in the theater. Which was uh, a surprise. Oh, wow. Because they own so many movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the one night that, there was another night that they finally came back and did uh, Haunted Mansion. But then we looked at it and go, okay, this is a little bit over two-hour runtime starting at 8.30. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not, I have, still haven't seen the Haunted Mansion, and I'm really not that interested in seeing it. No, we'll have movie. plenty of opportunities to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we saw Jeremy Tan. He was uh, good. Out of he's from Singapore, I think, and he's going to be doing a couple of things with Disney while they're in Australia. What is he? What is his thing? Is he a magician? uh, Arts and yeah, yeah, uh, magic illusionist. Mm -hmm. Uh, A real good show. And then they had the penguin guy. The penguin guy, Jeremy Penguin. Jeremy Penguin Juggler. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. It, It it was okay. Not. Not as great of act as I've seen on other ships, mm-hmm. but they were bringing in some Australian acts. Right. And then we did have the crew talent show. That was amazing. Of, oh. of, all, the, of all the shows that we went to, the, group, the crew talent show was really the highlight. That was the one that was full. Uh, oh, yeah. It was hard to find a spot to sit. And, and there was nobody getting up and leaving during. All right. 
it was amazing. You know, this people from got guest services and port adventures that you saw every day and that got to see their talent. Yeah. So and what kind of talents were showcased amongst the crew? Singing. Of course, there was that guy that was dancing. It was from guest services. It was mm-hmm. so good. Do, but he was Indian. Like so it was a Bollywood, Bollywood style type thing. dance. And the amazing energy the guy had. But a lot of people that were singing and they were very good. Mm-hmm. And one of the engineers was piano. Oh, it's true. He played piano or keyboard. Right. And one of the guest services was playing guitar and singing a song. From Coco. From Coco. So they would do a little intro about them that they had filmed previously. And this is what I do during the day. And this is what I'm going to do for you. Mm -hmm. And then they would do their talent. And the young man that was the, was he with the children's services? The right, one, the, the comedian, the, <laughs> comedian. the comedian. So, so He was great coming out doing dad jokes. I wish I could remember some of them. I should have written them down. It was, it was all Disney jokes and they were so funny. And then Trent, our, our, our cruise director, uh, in the end, they had done this bit, you know, coming out, we we're going to do our act. And, you know, somebody comes up and no, 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 remember you were cut, you know, then, we're, then they put costumes on and tried to come out again. And, and, you know, one of the people comes off and runs him off. But in the end, he does, he's from Australia. So he did this uh, song, which is apparently is an Australian song. Australia will always be home. And, and there were performers, some of the, the stage performers from Disney got up and sang with him. So they were just out in the audience and then they would just pop up and start singing along with him. Uh, so was, they had a, they had a real great, cool. a real great nice. finale for the show. Yeah, well, you can't be on board a Disney cruise for, what do we figure, 13 nights, was it? Yeah, without food. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So y- you make it the A and B rotational menu in a pirate night menu and into a lot of, you know, other menus that Disney Cruise Line can trot out. What were some of the newer menus that you all saw on board that maybe you hadn't experienced before? They did say they had some that they were trying that were new. Mm. And they did have one of my favorites from La Salle, the... Beer cheese soup. Yes, that that was on. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I can't remember what the rest of the menu was that night. I was, <laughs> I was just so happy to have my soup and those fat pretzels. Oh, I love the pretzels. Yes. Ah, the pretzel rolls. Ah, that's so good. Yes. That's awesome. Any any other standouts from main dining? I don't, I can't think of any any standouts. You know, you get so many days that you almost get fatigue from the <laughs> From the dining, but they were changing it up quite a bit. But, you know, there were times that some of our table mics that had been on the, this was, they had done a back to back. And so they were coming some nights and said, yeah, just, just bring me a salad. (laughs) I did that a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. After that much food. Now you, you know, you're on the the wonder. So you've got cabanas, you've got the main dining, and then of course you still have Paulo. Yes. Did you guys eat at Paulo? And if so, how many times? I mean, with all those sea days, I mean it could be like Paulo brunch like every single day. Just once. Just just once. Wow. We booked it early to, to have the opportunity if we wanted to go back and, and do it again. But it just it just didn't it didn't work out. But maybe if it had been the buffet and it had been the old Apollo brunch, yeah, that's true. We would have Aww. gone back. But it was it was a, a lovely brunch, but it's still not the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are th- some things you can't get that 
you know, obviously we're on the buffet previously. I still think you can eat pretty much as much as you want because they'll just, yes. they'll keep, you can order multiple dishes for brunch and they'll bring we, you out. We got a waffle to share. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, there's plenty of food, but there are some things that are missing. I really miss those arancini balls. Those are good. <laughs> I haven't seen those in since, yeah, since that buffet ended. So since before the pandemic, but right. I feel like it's still, it's still a really nice experience. What about cabanas was, you know, one thing I'm curious about is you're, because you're at sea for so many days, obviously they aren't able to resupply very much. I'm sure they did resupply to some degree at your three port stops, but even those are remote, you know, islands. (laughs) And so maybe they're resupplying with, I don't know, fresh fruits and vegetables or something like that. But were there any, did you notice any sort of limitations or differences, particularly like maybe in cabanas? I didn't. No. No. Wow. No, they, they still had, you know, varying menu. You know, that's one of the things that I wish they would put in the app is what, okay, it's German day or it's Indian day or Right. You, you, mm-hmm. you don't know unless you go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. What's there? But there were, I never saw anything that was, okay, now we don't have this today or we're out. Although somebody was talking about some milk substitute or something they were looking for that they were, they were out of because they expired as a couple of days into the cruise and oh, yeah. offer them whatever option they were looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the big day here. So you sail into Australia. I imagine there was lots of fanfare. Uh, coming into mm-hmm. Sydney. None? None. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they were not oh. allowed to blow the horn? Nothing. All the fanfare was mm. actually going to happen the next day. We go into the old terminal. Now, they had had some things where they talked about the the Australian Broadcasting Company was going to be doing their morning show from the ship and they were inviting especially people from Australia to come in to Triton's at, you know, whatever, six o'clock in the morning or whatever, when they were going to be doing the show to, to be in the audience there. And a lot of people that were filming some things and we saw a real nice video that they did, I think in Fiji or New Caledonia with somebody with a drone going all around the ship as it's sailing. Yeah. But yeah, we were, they did tell us if we wanted to be up at 4.30 when, when we're coming into the harbor, we were welcome to. But we went in the old terminal because there was a different mm. ship at the new terminal. Then the next day, even the people that were doing back-to-back had to get off because they were going to move the ship over to the new terminal the next day. And that's when they were going to do all the ceremonies and all the exciting things. For <laughs> so you just you just day. missed it then. You got off at the old terminal, they moved the ship to the new terminal, and they have a big party. Uh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's actually really funny. You'd think because the, pe- the first people to... I mean, I understand sailing out of Sydney for the first time is a big deal, but mm-hmm. so is sailing into mm-hmm. Sydney for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. How did disembarkation go then? And and what time were you guys off the ship? Well, disembarkation was different because we were getting ready to do the adventures by Disney. Yeah. So we got the message from them that we were to meet at Seven o'clock. Yep. Seven o'clock in Azure, and suggesting we go to Cabana's at six thirty when they open for breakfast. Mm. Yeah. It, sometimes I would just well, say skip 
skip it and <laughs> you get something when you get to your because your your ABD obviously they're picking you up but it doesn't start until I assume that evening no, oh, it start, no. no we no. started right oh you we, started right away started oh right okay there. so it's a little bit different yeah it's a little bit different than going through everything was real quick surprisingly yeah because going, we had been warned that they're going to check all your medicine they're going to check your shoes they're going to do this you know, have you been that. to a farm have you done this and 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 they did ask all those things. But, you know, we went in and, and they said, have you been to a, to a farm or in a river? And he said, well, well, yes, we have. And, but we know we cleaned our shoes and they looked at your shoe. Okay. Yeah, fine. Go on. Yeah. You know, do you have, do you have prescription medicine? Yes. You, you got your, oh, yeah, you have everything. Okay, fine. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Very quick. Was it, they just wanted to see like you had them in the bottles, like the prescription no, bottles? No, they didn't look. Oh wow! Yeah, they didn't look, but we've been warned that you needed you need a copy of your prescription. Well, you don't get a copy. Of your Nobody has a copy of their prescription. It's on the uh, bottle. We we got asked our pharmacy about it, and they go, well, "Yeah, we can print you out copies of your prescription." So oh, we okay. Had copies of our prescription. We were prepared for it, but no, we went through very smooth and went over, and we're in the waiting area with the PBD guides waiting to go. Yeah. So a relatively straightforward customs process, kind of li- like when you go in you know, fly in, it shouldn't really be that different, right? I mean, if you fly into another country, you might get asked a couple of questions about what you're bringing with you. You know, you, I don't know if they, they might've put your luggage through x-rays, who knows? Yeah. Interesting. But, but real quick, one of the things that I've noticed and people have talked about is a lot of the crew had to get shuffled around Mm -hmm. because there were people that would have had more of a visa issue getting into Australia. Yeah. Plus a tax issue. So one of the things that we heard was because Australia and New Zealand are part of, you know, they're connected to the UK through the Commonwealth, they, certain European countries would have to pay essentially their home taxes and which would cut their pay significantly. So there were some, some people who didn't want to be on the wonder because of that and then other people who couldn't be on the wonder because they couldn't get the proper visas because of where what home country they were from so yeah there was i think quite a bit of shifting around of cast members on on the various ships so that the people who you know who could and wanted to go to australia new zealand got to which is i mean great, right? If the folks who really wanted to go got to be on the ship that went. Yeah. So our, our assistant server had moved from the magic to the wonder, mm-hmm. which she was happy with because it's her home ship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, the setup is pretty much the same, right? There's a little, some different theming, but you know, if you got to switch ships, it's probably easier to switch ships within the same class, right? Switching from the magic to the wonder is pretty easy. Switching from the dream to the fantasy is probably pretty easy. And she yeah, she mentioned that yeah that that she was hesitant that she didn't wouldn't want to go to the dream or the fantasy yeah they're completely because, different layout yeah well it's a different layout but they give you no orientation because you're experienced right right you just you just go right in and and, and they have do to your learn job. it yeah they have to learn it themselves which I think is probably pretty difficult if you're a server because even just like a different kitchen layout is makes a really big difference in their job right where they pick up the food where things are stored I'm sure there are some things that are universal across the fleet but I I mean the wish is for example so different than the other ships and so I I just imagine it's 
it is hard to to switch to a completely different class of ship for those reasons. Yeah, versus switching within within the class. Another thing it was different was not having uh, vacation club people right. on there. Oh, interesting. So there were no DVC folks on board the no, whole no. cruise. No, they they were they were talking to us in Alani about if you're willing to add on, we've got some specials, but there will be nobody on yeah. the ship because we're not. I was to say they probably can't sell time shares there because they don't comply. Right, yeah. right. No, they probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm surprised they didn't. I mean, they could still do stuff in international waters, but they yeah they. But I guess it makes sense if they can't sign paperwork on land. Yeah, that just seemed a little funny every time we went by the DVC desk and it was empty. Wow. Yeah. You got to call your guide back at home, I guess, if you want to add on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny. Well, was there anything we missed, anything special that happened on board that we just, you know, neglected to ask you guys about? I'd say the only thing is we did the stargazing. Oh. And I don't know if, if we ever even noticed that was available before. I've never heard of that being offered on. Twice, the navigator, the chief navigator came up at night and, you know, he was trying to show us. It was kind of cloudy that second night when he was trying to show us where the Southern Cross was. But he, you know, gave lots of information. Some of it was way over my head, but some of it was really interesting. So we're on the sports deck. They turn the lights down and he even has a laser pointer and he says, I hope there are no. Jets. <laughs> so jets coming over right now is pointing out to to show us where different constellations were and, and talking some about how they used to navigate just using the stars. Cool. Yeah. It's, you know, I know at Alani they do a stargazing thing, but that's, I think you pay a fee for it and there's a telescope and stuff involved, but I've never heard of them doing any kind of stargazing on the cruise. So that's, that's awesome. That sounds really fun. they talked about they had done it on the one coming over from, um, from Vancouver Mm -hmm. to Hawaii that they had done that. I think it's something that they do more when they're out, Right. you know, a day at sea where they're totally out where it's totally dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense because it's you you can see a lot more when you're really out in the middle of the ocean. That's awesome. Cool. So well, it was a relaxing uh, a relaxing time. You'd, you'd see people, since you've got so many days, you'd see these same people in the same places out on the deck every day, hanging out where they were, the kids in the same spot where they're hanging out, doing their thing every day, able to... You know, do however much you wanted to do. So we were able to just, you know, okay, take it easy and something pops up. Do we want to go to it? Do we not want to go to it? Laundry day got a little <laughs> crazy sometimes uh, because we are there for so long that we, we go, uh, you know, day 13 when I go at seven o'clock in the morning to try to do laundry and there's no washing machines available. There's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And, and two or three people waiting for a long, and it was, it was just, we were on the deck seven and it was just down the hall from us. Says, okay, fine. I'll come back later. I've got all day or I can come in the middle of the night if I need to. It's not that far away, <laughs> but a little bit of craziness for doing laundry. I think I did laundry three times on this cruise because I did, you know, the last day at night, I said, okay, let me do one more shot because we're going to have several days before I have a chance to do laundry again. And I, I need to have as, as many options available to me as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like that new intuition game. Yeah. And a new game and intuition. We won and, it. Yeah. There were a couple of new games uh, and lots and lots of different types of trivia, which was fun. Yeah. Disney oh. food trivia. 
and oh, Australia just trivia. Australia, yeah, Australia trivia was very challenging yeah. because I think we got. Well, we kept eight. on saying we got eight. Bondi Beach for every answer because we knew it was going to be right at least once. I'm curious, Mike, would you recommend this cruise now that you've taken it? Yes. If you like at sea days, because there were a lot of at sea days. And I know some people don't, you know, but we do and we enjoy the activities. There were a lot of activities that were available to us. That, I mean, you know, it's kind of... Which one are we going to do? Because there'll be two or three things at one time that you want to do. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like about a cruise is you can make it what you want to be. If you want the downtime, if you want to relax, you want right. to hang out on deck and and just have your coffee or have your beer or have your, your drink and watch the water go by, you can do that. And there were other people that I saw that were you know, going from one thing to another in a hurry and staying as busy and as active as you want to be. And that opportunity is certainly there for you to do it. The Actually, the days when we were at port were, were the craziest days mm -hmm. because they were generally short stops. You didn't have a lot of time. So you, you got on, you, you got off, you did your excursion, uh, you did your excursion or you, you did your little bit of shopping and some of the people talk about, yeah, we had to go out and buy some ibuprofen or we went out and bought our bottle of wine that we could bring back and have and, and, and did our thing. But it was everything that you wanted to be. So you have that opportunity and a little bit slower pace than when you're doing a seven night with, you know, six different stops that you can, you can slow down and, and really take it easy and just watch the ocean go by if that's what you want to do or, Sit in quiet cove and 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 watch watch the water in the cool. in the pool because there were a couple of days that I thought I was going to see white caps in the in the pool there. Nathan would have loved that. He loves the uh, wave pool action when and the swimming pool when that happens. So Nathan would have really enjoyed that. <laughs> they had to make, but yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break to thank our show sponsor before we head into the second part of the show here, which is talking up to Mike and Connie about their fabulous adventures by Disney trip. So let's take a quick pause. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. All right, and we are back. And uh, Sam, I don't know about you, but I am really excited to hear all about this amazing adventures by Disney trip that Mike and Connie coupled onto their Australia cruise. And so, Sam, you excited to talk a little ABD? I am so excited to talk ABD because I really want to do all of the ABDs that are out there. And this was a, I believe, first for Disney or for ABD in 
over in Australia. So Mike and Connie, you guys did the Sydney Short Escape. Is that what it was called? Your Sydney Escape. Sydney Escape. Okay. And I, I take it this was created as it intended to sort of pair with your transatlantic cruise, sorry, Trans-Pacific cruise. Yes. Awesome. Well, tell us about it as far as what the, how, how many days it was and what, what was included. And by included, I don't want you to get into the details of what you did yet, but you know, does it include meals, hotel, transportation, that sort of thing? It was three days and it included the hotel and it included most meals. Yes. Yeah. And all sorts of excursions. Awesome. Awesome. And the transportation from the port and then to the airport. Oh, okay. So from the port to your, your hotel or your the start of your tour and then after at the end of the tour to the the Sydney International Airport, I take it. Well, awesome. we went we actually didn't go to the International Airport, we went to the domestic airport because we were going on to Melbourne from there. Oh, that's right. And we do want to talk about that that as well. You did Melbourne on your own. So tell us about the Sydney ABD. You get off the ship. They pick you up. Where do they take you? Well, they met us in the Truce Terminal and divided us into two groups. And we got on the bus. And we both went on walking tours, but I think we went on opposite walking tours. You know, one group started and the other group ended and they switch back and forth. Awesome. Any specific highlights from the walking tours in, I imagine this was sort of the downtown Sydney area? It was the rocks, what they call the rocks. So yes, it's downtown. For me, the most interesting thing was seeing how they'd taken what had been just a really rough and tumble warehouse area, not a particularly nice area when the ships were coming in and, and turned it into just beautiful area. And they were showing us where the shoreline was at different dates, how that had been changed, and some of the history around different people, different houses, and different when different buildings were constructed and what their purpose was originally. Nice. Awesome. What else did you guys get up to that day? So from there, it was to the Harbor Bridge bike ride. So we get on a bike, uh, with the intention of making it up to the bridge, we didn't all make it up to the bridge. <laughs> tell us about that. No, what let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, tell us about that. Left Mike. behind, honey. Spouse left. <laughs> That's right. Oh, he uh, went on without me. <laughs> yes, a spouse was left behind. Oh, poor Connie. Uh, Connie had an accident with somebody else on the tour. Oh no! And then the Disney guide very kindly walked me in the bicycle back to the shop. And my oh. walk of shame. However, there was one person that ended up in the hospital, so I wasn't the worst. Oh my god! <laughs> was it the person you collided with? No, no, and that person collided with me. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, well, um, thank you for that correction. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that, Connie. I'm glad no, it wasn't she. Your... Unfortunately, did that to herself. So. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, the one thing that sounds like ABD is amazing for is when a mishap happens, they really take care of you. So did you experience that in the sense of, you know, Connie, with somebody walking you back to the, to the shop, but also, you know, seeing that other, the, the yes. other individual. After, after he walked me back, he actually went to the hospital sure. with her. Oh, 
but he was so kind and did not make me feel like the goof that I was. And <laughs> we talked about, he was from Australia and from that area. So we talked about a lot of things on the way back. I got a lot of insider information. He was very sweet. Well, Mike, how was the rest of that bike ride after <laughs> Connie left you? Well, I did make it to to the bridge. We went halfway across the bridge and then turn around and come back because we have to go back to the bike shop. That was great. I wound up with a different group than I had started off with because I had waited for Andrew to take Connie back. But yes, it was it was nice. A little chilly, a little bit of rain. They did provide some little throwaway parkas for us to wear and and, you know, we made it back down and then off to our next adventure. What was the next adventure? We went and toured, walked over and toured the gardens. And by then the, the rain had quit. The botanical gardens just a little bit, went to a lookout, took pictures of the Sydney Harbor and the, the Opera House. And, and we had lunch. We had lunch. Now, one of the deals about lunch is before our cruise, so this is about a month before get a phone call. What do you want to eat? Uh, so we have to go over our menu for a couple of meals. Oh, wow. And, and that's a little hard. Meals, three meals. Yeah. That's a, that's a little difficult to pick your meal. I mean, I know we have, you have to do it when you're invited to most weddings, right? A wedding that has a sit down dinner, you might have to choose your meal in advance. But for in general, it's kind of hard. I don't know. For me, it's always the meat if it's the meat versus fish, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, also had vegetarian options, and then they no. were willing to. I have a really strange diet, but they were willing to make other exceptions and mod- modifications. Oh, well, that's good. At least they can do that in advance, as opposed to having to try and accommodate different dietary restrictions on the fly. Were they yes. were they pretty good about that? Actually, that's I feel like that's a, a good topic to cover because, you know, we do hear from folks with different food allergies and how good DCL for the most part. I know there's some issues oftentimes with if you need to last minute order versus ordering in advance. But now they were very good. When we got yeah. to the restaurant, they had place cards with our name and then had on the other side what we had ordered. Oh nice. So they were able to to sort everything out and, and get the plates delivered. That's really helpful. And how was how was the food overall? I mean, obviously you're eating at restaurants. It's not like Disney is making the food like you have on a cruise. But w- were you happy with sort of the quality of the restaurants and the quality of the food that was that was picked by Avi? That's a lot fancier than what we eat. <laughs> uh, it's fancier than the cruise line. Oh, yeah. Most of the places, yeah. And having coming off the cruise, you know, we've already been through 14 days. Yeah, 14 (laughs) days of food overload. Yeah. It was was a little hard to to go with that. As a matter of fact, when we had an opportunity to get dinner on our own, it's like, let's go get a hamburger. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's a little much. Yeah, I I can understand that. Or you just want like a salad and I don't want like a whole big meal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can definitely understand that. Well, lunch was good. We had lunch and then we're going back to get into the hotel, of course, like ABD. Our luggage is already in the room. Oh, that's very nice. We just stop by the desk and put your card up for any incidentals you have, but that you go in and they've already got your your room keys ready for you. You just pick that up, stop by the desk at your leisure to make sure you have a card put up for any incidentals and have an opportunity to 
to freshen up some and and get our bags unpacked and get ready for the welcome dinner. Oh, awesome. So, so now, we, we walked on our own during that time and had might collect Starbucks mugs from everywhere we go. We had to oh, go find it. our closest Starbucks and a souvenir shop that the guides had recommended. Okay. So you guys, you know, take a walk around, do some souvenir shopping, get your Starbucks mugs. Where's the welcome dinner? At the hotel, they have a restaurant on the 34th floor. 36. 36 floor, excuse me. With a view of the Opera House, and at this point, a view of where the wonder has moved over to its its uh, new duck. Oh, that's right. You had mentioned that the the wonder was going to be switching to the to the nice new dock for all of its ceremonial stuff as well as yeah, its embarkation. So it, was, it was parked there, and we all were staring, looking out the window, going, "There's our ship," and <laughs> and taking pictures, yes. beautiful pictures of the ship all lit up and the opera house all lit up. Awesome. Awesome. And a very nice dinner. Very nice. I guess somewhat ignorant on my part, but what is like the local food in Australia? I mean, we've heard from our friends in New Zealand, you know, barbecue is a big thing over there. Not bar- not like Southern barbecue, but like barbecuing, grilling here in the U.S. But like, was there local foods you encountered there that were unique or different? Mm-hmm. No, I think it'd be more like going to England. There was a little bit of fish and chips with local fish, Indian, Korean, Japanese. Yeah, very eclectic. So typically we were in Sydney and then in Melbourne, it was like any big city. Nice. Lots of variety then. So yeah. And Subway and <laughs> KFC and <laughs> McDonald's. Hungry Jacks instead of Bar- uh, Burger King. Ah, that's right. Hungry Jacks. Now, for the welcome dinner, is there anything special? You guys have done ABD before, but is there anything like special that they do at the welcome dinner that maybe our listeners have never heard about or don't know about? What is what does a welcome dinner usually involve? Well, the, the guides got up and gave a little bit of information about themselves because, uh, like I said, we were split into two groups. So we had our two guides and... So we got to know the other two guides a little bit better that way. And they were helpful. It didn't matter who your assigned guide was, but as far as most of your interaction was with your own guides. And how many people were on this ABD, if you know, or approximately? I think there was about 70. We had two buses, and I think there were 34 on our bus. Mm-hmm. And what would you say the demographics of the group look like? I, I mean, I know you mentioned there were kids on the ship. Were there also kids, you know, on the, the ABD? And, and if so, were there, you know, older kids, younger kids? What, what was sort of the age range of people? A couple of kids I know. There, there were two on the other bus. I would say probably like 10 and 13, maybe. School age, but not little. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a, that sounds pretty consistent with ABD more generally, although, you know, oftentimes you hear about teenagers being on, on ABDs or not. Well, there usually is an age limit and then a recommended age as well. But so did you get to know the other folks on, you know, on your tour at these various meals or during the tours or sort of how does that work? Yeah, we had met one couple on the ship that they actually ended up being in the other group, but we still managed to have, you know, time that we spent and talked with them. But in that um, introductory dinner, as we were talking, we found out the people that were sitting right across from us live, what, 10 miles away? Right. 
You had to go all the way around the world just to right. find a neighbor. So we do have plans to meet back up with them. Oh, how nice. They were staying longer than we were, but yeah, we have plans. That's awesome. Yeah, we got to know a few people. They were the, probably the ones that we are going to stay in touch with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you talk about the demographics. Uh, average age was probably plus of 50. Mm-hmm. A few younger people, but not a lot. Now you have to consider all of these people that were there had been on the two-week cruise. Most had been in Hawaii a few days before that. And practically everybody was staying over and doing something else. Right. And so not a whole lot of people that are still working can take that much time off. Right, right. And with school-age kids, that's hard also. So Mm -hmm. unless you're doing some kind of homeschool or something, that would be very difficult. I I know when these itineraries came out, a lot of people asked us if we were going to do, you know, the Trans-Pacific Crossing or if we were going to do one of the Vancouver to Hawaii or, you know, any of these things. And we're like, we wish we could, but that much time off of work continuously because we wouldn't take the two-week cruise over to Australia and then just fly back, right? I mean, the, you know, we've never been to Australia. Of course, you want to you wanna see the country. It would be silly to spend all that time and then not actually be able to do any touring around. And now on the cruise, I saw plenty of people up on the deck seem to be working away, but I don't recall anybody trying to work during the ABD. No. <laughs> too much, too much going on, I imagine. Oh, that. keep you very busy. Yeah. Okay. So you've got your welcome dinner. Is there anything that happens after dinner or do you all go to bed? I'm assuming that since it's been a long day. Yeah, it had been a pretty long day at that point. I was still bummed that I hadn't gotten to go across the bridge and Mike was a little bummed that he didn't get to go all the way across the bridge. So the next morning we got up early and we walked across the bridge and back. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a that's a big. How morning. long did that take? Yeah, what? we had a little bit later. Forty five huh. minutes. Yeah, the to to get to the bridge was just a block away. Yeah. Oh, nice. From from the hotel, so oh. it was it was easy to get to. Not so ways across the bridge. We had a later start. We weren't starting until I think eleven o'clock, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So breakfast was provided again in the same restaurant, mm-hmm. but. It was at our own time. We just go up there and give them our room number and have breakfast. And they had yeah. serving breakfast until 1030. And I will say, they picked a lovely hotel. It was fabulous. What was the hotel? That's actually what I was I was curious. What hotel? Shangri-La. Nice. Well, with a name like that, awesome. it should be and- really nice. <laughs> well, it, it was. It was It was excellent. And I've used to travel for work. I've stayed in a lot of places. And this was just Lovely. Oh, awesome. It sounds like it was a great location, too. Being It was. It was very well located for the different things we were doing. Awesome. Well, what was what was day two like for you all? What, what kinds of stuff did they have you doing that day? Day two, day two was very eventful. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good, Mike. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to go canoeing. Okay. So we're going to, to this little village to go canoeing. And pulling up to figure out where the bus driver is pulling up to figure out where we're supposed to be going and directions from our guide. And as he pulls into one space, the left front tire gets stuck in a hole. Oh, my goodness. Stuck in a hole down so low 
that the door will not open for the bus. <gasps> oh my goodness. That sounds so like they're actually adventure. calling the people that we're going on the canoeing trip with to ask for help and <laughs> calling to get somebody that's gonna come and and tow the bus or get the bus unstuck. They get somebody to come with a shovel to dig out a hole so we'll be able to open the door. <laughs> Well, I guess it's better than nothing, right? Right. Oh, our guides handled it so well. Oh, yeah, we're just we're just going along with it. Yeah. The the tour company that's handling the canoeing then gets their vans and takes three trips to get everybody down oh, wow. to to where we're going, which is not far away. And we're able to do a little a little canoe ride, which is uh, as I say a great test of your relationship. <laughs> Let me guess, you were canoeing together in a yes. person. <laughs> yes, all the couples were. That was fun. Yes, one person even suggested that it's really better to canoe with somebody you don't know. I actually think that's probably right. You're less likely to yell at somebody you are, you are not related to or married to than you are. I don't are. think we yelled, but yeah. It was, <laughs> we it was a, a challenge. Of, we did a lot of zigzagging down the, <laughs> down the little stream. So how long were you all canoeing for, I guess? It, it, it was it was just maybe an hour. Yeah. It, it wasn't very long because we went from there to the alpaca farm. Oh, fun. How was that? That was really nice. They were very interesting explaining how they do different things. They had ones that they brought up for us to take pictures with and pat on and and hug on that they said a local group of kids, I think he said they were in the 4-H program, had worked with and had tamed to where they were used <laughs> to being with people. Right. So they weren't going to spit on you or kick you or anything? No, they were, they were sweet. Did you buy any alpaca sweaters or no. socks or anything? No. But the place where we had our lunch back in the town, um, they did sell alpaca things. Mm -hmm. No, we didn't. Yeah. The restaurant where we had our lunch was the wife of the, of the alpaca, the head of the alpaca farm. Oh, cool. So the alpaca farm was him and his daughter's venture and she had the restaurant in the village. Nice. Now, how, what's happening with the bus while you all are, <laughs> while you all are canoeing? Oh, it, yeah, it, it did. Because we, we rode that bus to the alpaca farm. So oh, okay. They, so they, they were, they, they, they got they, it. They picked us up from canoeing. They, they, it was, it was fine. Oh, gosh. I just just feel, a challenging day for our driver. Yeah, yeah I just feel bad. He handled it well, too, so. Yeah. Now, when you're on an ABD, do you typically have, you know, the same driver the whole time along with your with your guides? We did not. Oh, interesting. So they kept they switched it up depending upon what you were doing? Probably, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was it was I think it was the same bus. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was the same buses, but the drivers were different, I guess, depending on their availability. Mm, yeah. So what what's up after the alpaca farm? Well, I guess the alpaca farm, the restaurant. What's up after the restaurant? After the restaurant, we had a little bit of time to shop there in the village. Cute. Um, yeah, Any and then, then we went to Fitzroy Falls. Ooh, what? tell us about that one. So it was a, a little park 
there were some falls that were not the most amazing falls we saw on this trip. But <laughs> well, we you've get... been to Hawaii, so you've seen falls. Yes, but, well, but, but in Melbourne, we had another another fall experience. But we did go through, uh, we went through the forest in the area and the park there with the guide talking about the different plants and some of the different animals mm-hmm. that were around. Some of the plants that were edible and, you know, gave us an opportunity to, if we wanted to chew on some leaves to see what they taste like <laughs> and, you know, describe some of the different things. And, and they had one fern there that they were talking about, that this is a fern that they had found originally some up in the Blue Mountains that hasn't changed for millions of years. I said, this, these were around at the time of the dinosaurs. Oh, Wow. That's pretty cool. You know, so that was a that was a real nice walk through it, and, uh, and of course, our, our guides, I guess, maybe a little fupa because they said, "Okay, don't worry about going to the gift shop because you can go to the gift shop after the after your tour." And we get back after the tour, and the gift shop's closed. Ah, oh, bummer. <laughs> well, it's you know, more of probably a bummer for the. The yeah. place you were at then for you all. I'm sure there are plenty of plenty of souvenir opportunities beyond just Starbucks mugs. Love it. All right. Well, so what what's up next? So this is a packed day. So so that was that was dinner on our own that night. Okay. And yeah. was that the day you guys got hamburgers? I, I think so. I think that's I think that's what we did. Is okay. Or sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Something light. Yeah. It's yeah. After all that cruise food, I I can understand not necessarily wanting like a full sit down meal. Did did you guys have any any late night activities in Sydney, or is most of the touring you know daytime hours? I think it's mostly daytime. Yeah. Yes. So what what was on tap for day three then? Day three, we started off with a jet boat ride in the harbor. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Something that I I never would have planned on doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never would have even thought of it, but boy, was it fun! Oh yeah, I bet I bet it was thrilling. And then you get probably great views of the opera house as well and the bridge. The opera house, the bridge. They were pointing out some of the homes around, which you know could be easily had for a few million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So they're going very, very fast and then he'll count down three, two, one, and then they'll stop the boat and dip it and <laughs> yeah. And you get very wet. Now when we get there, they gave us an opportunity to put on this big thick raincoat type parka. But the guides, no, don't worry about that because we've actually asked them to tone it down a little bit from yeah. what they would normally do. If that was toned down, man. <laughs> well, the group that came in before us looked like they had gotten pretty wet. We did not get too wet, but it still was a little getting wet. Yeah, yeah. And they had, you know, of course, there's one of these deals. They're taking the pictures. Don't take your own pictures for that. But ABD did get the pictures for us and sent us the the link to download the pictures. Oh, nice. And they didn't, it wasn't like uh, you had to It wasn't like an extra extra. charge. If you were were just going and taking the tour, then it would have cost you uh, 45 Australian dollars, I think it was, for the pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the great things I, I feel like we hear about 
ABD in general is that you don't really have to worry so much about taking pictures because the guides will be taking pictures of you, of, you know, the scenery, and then they share with you the pictures or with everybody who's on your tour at the end. Did that, was that your experience? like when we went canoeing, they were up there taking pictures of everyone, making sure they got everyone. That's so nice. Well, and it's nice for, you know, I feel like when you're on vacation, oftentimes you don't get, you know, a family picture or couple picture, whatnot with the scenery because there isn't somebody to ask to take your picture. But if you've got guides with you the whole time and that's part of their job, then you don't feel so bad saying, hey, can you take a picture of us, you know, doing this? All right. So you are do this crazy, I'll call it speedboat, but this crazy speedboat <laughs> ride and get a little wet. What's up next on the agenda? <laughs> you walk <laughs> in your wet clothes <laughs> in the chilly weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over for lunch, and we went through the botanic gardens. Oh, nice! To get there, so lovely stroll. Yeah, yeah we had lunch at a restaurant, which was an Italian restaurant. So they had some pasta and pizza that they kept on bringing out, and they brought out lemonade, which they had warned us. Okay, when they bring out lemonade, it's not what you think of lemonade. What's their lemonade? Yeah, it's Sprite. Say, it's Sprite. not Sprite, though. It's yeah. a flat Sprite. Yeah. It's, it's, or it's more like, a, it's, so it's a lemon-lime drink. They have they have Sprite and they have a Schweppes, actually mm-hmm. called Schweppes Lemonade, which is like a lemon-lime, like Sprite. Not quite, yeah, not quite as much carbonation yeah. in it. Schweppes Bitter Lemon is the popular, I think, lemonade in uh, the rising. Yeah. And there's drinks. There's like mixed drinks like... Um, the PIMS company in the UK, they call for quote-unquote lemonade, but they're really talking about something more like Sprite. So, yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, okay. But, you know, Coke seems to be pretty much universal. So. Except they use sugar usually yeah. overseas and not uh, corn syrup or the, the sweetener syrup from something other than corn. So, yeah, like yeah. sugar cane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, usually sugar cane, like they do it like Mexican yeah. Coke. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so, okay. yeah, so we had that. Then we had the opportunity to either walk back to the hotel and spend some time on our own or take the bus back to the hotel. And then afternoon on our own. Wasn't very long, though. No, we only had a little bit of time before getting ready to go to the opera house. Ooh. So we, yes, we had a lovely tour, opera house, really good guide, got lots of great information. That's awesome. Did you get to see any kind of performance or? We did not. We did get to go into the main hall, though, where the huge organ is. And where Paul McCartney had been just a day or two before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. Now, does that's this is the last night, right? This is day three. So after the the opera house, so what what do you guys do? Is there some other activity, and then your farewell dinner? Our farewell dinner was at the opera house. Oh wow, that's really cool. Tell beautiful us about that. View. Really yeah. beautiful view. Where did they have you? I mean, where did they set you up to eat? Is there a restaurant there or did they just set up tables like in a... It it was more like a hall that they had tables set up in. That's awesome. And tell us about the, this farewell dinner. What, what do they, what does a farewell dinner look like on Adventures by Disney? Well, like, like the lunch, they had, you know, place cards where you picked out what you had decided you wanted to eat a month ago, but you know... Plenty of wine or beer or both coming around. 
they came by to see each of us with our plans for the morning, what our our time was to get picked up, and the uh, link for the pictures. Yes. So they actually sent that to us, an image uh, on our phones. Okay, here's here's where your you know what your pickup time is, and here's your uh, information on how to download all the pictures. That's super well organized. It seems. I mean, that's we've heard that from you guys and for, from others as well. That they they just are really on top of you know making sure everybody's plans are set for the next day and that everybody's got all the information they need. And they were telling us, okay, we'll be here. We're going to be downstairs from you know seven thirty to eleven thirty or something like that. Although there were some people, I think, that were having to leave at. Four or four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and some people were going to be leaving later. Mm-hmm. But they made sure that they were all clear on what time somebody was going to be there to pick them up, and everything was organized for them. Mm-hmm. Now you all were heading to the airport. You said the domestic airport to head to Melbourne. Now, when you were deciding, you know, on your plans for this trip, did you did you work with any you know travel agent or travel planner? to figure out the Melbourne part of the trip because obviously this was on your own and not with Adventures by Disney or Disney Cruise Line or anything of the like. Right. So we worked with our daughter who was a travel agent. It was with us on our last time we met with you. And she sent us a link to tours that were available that we could take in Melbourne. And once we had decided on some of them, then she came back with a hotel recommendation that was going to be convenient to the pickup location of all the tours that we were taking. Oh, very smart. They actually picked us up at our hotel. Very smart. Very smart. So how many days did you plan for Melbourne and where did you stay? We were there four days and we stayed at the Savoy, which is also in the Central Business District. In fact, it was across from the Southern Cross Railway Station. Mm -hmm. Right where Starbucks is. (laughs) <laughs> well, because you had to get your Melbourne the Starbucks mug, I'm sure, in addition to, since you already had your, you know, Australia one and your Sydney one, you needed a Melbourne one. Am I right, Mike? Yes. 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 And, but and then, in addition. Then, this, then they had they some had Disney bottles, Disney water bottles. branded water bottles. What? They're only yes. available in the South Pacific Starbucks. Yes, they're adorable. So we had to get those for a daughter. <laughs> Disney branded water yeah, bottles she, she, in a Starbucks? Yes. yes. Yes, in the South Pacific. Bizarre. So maybe so you're saying we need to check when we're in Hawaii maybe. No. No. no, no not that's for, America. That's too Yeah, okay. Yeah. So and you can look it up online and you'll see them. They're darling. They're Mickey and Minnie and yeah, all sorts of Cute Disney stuff that is not available in the and, U.S. And somewhere along the line, there was some koala that came from a Starbucks. <laughs> yes, there is. So lots so of Starbucks Sid- merch. <laughs> Sydney was all about culture and is probably one of the cleanest cities I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Culture and art and just all that. Melbourne, we picked because I love critters. Mm. So that gave us the opportunity to be with the animals of Australia. Oh, I love that. So koalas and coates and, and um wallabies and kangaroos w- and the blue little penguins and oh my. Yes. <laughs> well, the first day we got there, 
because we're getting there, we get into our hotel, and mission number one is laundry. Mm. Yes. So that was just a Google search. We found something just a couple of blocks away that was a laundry. You paid for everything with a credit card and sat there for a little bit over an hour and had our laundry done and we're ready to go on. And find oh, the nice. Starbucks. And find the Starbucks. <laughs> well, there was a Starbucks and we were looking for a fabric store too or something. So This is true, but they did not have the fabric I wanted. And we were trying to find we're trying to find things that were authentic Australian and you know so many times when you're going and you're looking for souvenirs, they're made in China or they're made in Thailand or mm-hmm. made in Vietnam and we were looking for things that they weren't just designed in Australia, but were actually made in Australia. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which they do have a tag that's green triangle. It says, you know, made in Australia. So we learned to look quickly for that. Mm-hmm. So after that. Then the next day is the Yarra Valley wine tour. Ooh, tell us about that. So we went to five wineries and the, a tasting at each. First one was probably my least favorite because it's 10 o'clock in the morning and we're tasting wine and there's nothing to go with it. Yeah. I think at all of our other ones, they had some cheese or or something else to go with it that that we weren't just drinking wine without um, without something else. And then we had lunch. Lunch. Mm -hmm. lunch, One of them. And so I got to have kangaroo. Oh, you ate roux. Good. (laughs) You You're know, they talked about, oh, it's, like, it's you know, the Americans say it's similar to venison. I thought, mm, boy, it's a lot tender, more tender than most of the venison that I've had. So he's eaten yeah. rue and bambi, uh, just to be clear. Yeah. Yes. And yes. that's okay because Sam's probably eaten oh, Nemo. My. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't eaten a clownfish yeah. ever. <laughs> I mean, it's not you much don't know what's in that pressed crab stick <laughs> stuff that you get from the sushi place. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Uh, so that was a that was a small tour. We were in a van. There were four other people with us, and and we really didn't have a whole lot of interaction with them. We were usually just experiencing the 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 tasting and and what was going on. And our guide was pointing out things as we went by. He was great, you know. This hill, and this hill is this, and this is you know this area, and what's happened as you know Australia grew up in some of the areas. And it was it was a very a very interesting, enjoyable day. Hmm. You know, dropped us off right back at the hotel. Nice, that's awesome. All right, what's up for day two in Melbourne? So day two is a bigger bus. So we have a group of probably 20, 25 people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see critters. Yeah, but we started we started at Brighton Beach. Right. Which has the old beach houses. Oh, cool. And I don't remember how many of them there were. I remember there was like 70, 70 or 80. 72, yeah. 80, whatever, these beach houses that were built like back in the 20s or 30s. And in order to purchase one of those, you have to be a resident of the city. Oh, wow. And I think the last one they said went up for auction went for around half a million dollars. And the, you know, places in that city or, you know, 700,000 to a million and a half dollars or whatever for the, for the homes that were in that city. But 
Average. And, and you know, he says, yeah, and, and, you know, in the 70s, you could have gotten one of them for $20,000. Yeah, of course. And and the little beach huts are, what, like 10 by 20 or something. Yeah, they're, they're small. Just little, there's just these little beach huts right on the beach. But they're painted, you know, the pretty pastel colors, kind of like Key West. And then some of them have been painted just... The murals. Murals that are just amazing. <laughs> oh, cool. So we went down, uh, saw that. Then we went to a couple of different beaches, like Wollamai Beach, Pyramid Rock, saw some different things like that. But we went to Moonlit Sanctuary that day, and that's where we got to get a koala. These are animals that are there because they've been injured or have some sort of thing that's happened to them, and they can't survive in the wild. Right. So we saw a rescue or, or yes. a preserve. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was fun getting to koala was mm-hmm. very soft. That was a surprise to me. The kangaroo eating out of my hand was kind of like a rabbit nibbling, very soft, very mm-hmm. gentle. And and it was hard to entice the kangaroos to come over and feed because everybody was feeding the kangaroos. So <laughs> to, to find one that was hungry was a challenge. <laughs> oh. That's uh, awesome. But that that was nice. We'd have, we would have liked to stay there to be longer. But I get the impression that when these tour companies are putting together their tours, they have to give you a long list of things that you're going to see. And because of that, you don't get a whole lot of time at any of them. Mm-hmm. And we did see their show that they did with the dingo yes. and the birds and you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that was good. Uh, yeah, we, we were there, what, maybe an hour, hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah, I could have stayed there all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, Did you, you know, we saw the baby emus and we saw the little wallabies and oh. yeah, lots of fun. Did you get yeah. to, did you get to see him say? No. 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 They, we so never cute. saw a platypus either, but they said they're very shy. They're mm. mainly in the evening and. Yeah. Every guy that we talked to says, yeah, I've never seen a platypus. Oh. Wow. Well, not in the wild anyway. Yeah. So. But then we went out to Phillips Island. And a couple of stops there, we're, we're looking at things, and then we stop to eat. Mm-hmm. So we stop in a little town, and he gives us some recommendations on where we can get fish and chips, or we can get a sandwich or something at a couple of places there, and we've got about a half an hour to, to eat something. And then from there, we're going to see the penguins. Yes. So these little blue penguins, or I'm sorry, blue little penguins, they call them, are the smallest of the penguins. They're 12 to 13 inches high and weigh about a kilogram. So it's 2.2 pounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they are out all day fishing. And then they come in in the evening because their feathers are a dark blue. Mm. So... Critters don't see them that are after them as they're coming in. They wait until the cover of darkness. And as they come in, they come in in groups of 15 or 20 or 25, whatever. They're coming in in little batches, and they go up into the hills where their nests are. And I think the night before, they had had 1,804. They have people that count them. So I don't know how many were there that night, but there were a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> More so than after, after they start coming in, then you get up out of your seat and you can go up to uh, the hills and you can hear them talking and finding their way. And you are not allowed to use any 
pictures. You can't take, use your phone. You can't use a camera or anything. And they're very strict looking for it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a very controlled venue. There are mm-hmm. stadium, stadiums type seating, or you can sit down in the sand, but you actually have a a marked off area where you can sit so that they have the places where the penguins can go. Wow. And the guides there are saying, you know, no pictures at all, you know, because of flash can disorient the penguins. And how do you control a thousand people there that nobody's going to have a flash going off? So it's right. just no cameras. There was one person there that was taking pictures, but it was somebody that was set up to do it for yeah, uh, they, some publication or whatever. Yeah, so they had, on, and yeah. they had some, and they had somebody else with them to, to control to that situation. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have these walkways that are elevated walkways. So you're going back up over where they have their burrows and you can watch them and their interaction. They said, you know, you may see, uh, you know, a parent and child. You may see neighbors squabbling. Mm. You may see a couple of guys having a fight over a girl. (laughs) You you know, you don't know what you're going to see out here, but it's it's all natural. Their natural habitat. Well, we did see some babies with their little gray feathers. Oh, Oh, so cute. Oh, my goodness. The babies are the cutest. Oh, my goodness. I'm so jealous. This (laughs) is what this is. This is the reason to go to Australia, people. It's all right. the critters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew about what time to expect them, which was... They were close. They were about 10 minutes off. Yeah. Was it 8.15, <laughs> I don't know what... They said 8.15. It was about 8.25 when they right. started coming in. A few trickled in at first, and then they started really, you know, coming mm-hmm. in. That's amazing. Right. So we had our time to get back to the... To the bus. Back to the bus. And there were several buses, so he made sure that we knew which bus, because even that tour company had three or four buses that were there. Yeah. Um, So he'd made sure you make a note of the license plate number of this bus so that you know which one to get back on. Yeah. And so we were getting back to our hotel at like 11, 11, 1130. Yeah. And we had a tour the next morning at seven. Yes. Seven (laughs) o'clock the next morning. Oh, my. What was the so p- poor planning on our part? Very. <laughs> no, you know, sometimes it's it, it's what's available to you, though, right? I mean, you wanted to do you. This is what you wanted to do. So, you know, if you want to yes. pack in a lot, it's, it's not always. And, and I think at the time we were planning it, that, that like there was one of them that wasn't available one day. So it's just the way it had to stack up. That, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So what was the tour that you did your next day? Uh, it went out to, they called it the Great Ocean Road, and apparently that was kind of poor planning on our part, too. We didn't realize how far out that was. It turned out to be a two-hour ride out there, oh, wow. um, but we did see some amazing things. <laughs> it started out what they call the Twelve Apostles, the mm-hmm. stones that are arranged. So, of course, they said there never had been 12, and one had fallen in fairly recently, but it was still gorgeous out there. And then we saw... And we got to dip our toe in the... That was a different place, but... In yeah. the Southern Ocean, yes. <laughs> well, someone dipped his hands in the Southern Ocean, and then I decided, well, that sounds like it would be a great thing to do. And I got a little bit too close, so I was up to my knees within seconds when yeah. the tide, tide came in. Yeah. yeah. 
A little bit of a wet pants situation. Yes, then. just a bit. Yes. Cold. <laughs> Cold water, nice. Now, the 12 apostles, is that like a like a rock formation? It is. Okay, yeah. Yes. But not actually 12 rocks, you said. No. Apparently, it also used to be called the sow and piglets. Hmm. So, I don't know. Pigs and the babies, yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what else did you get to do on this tour? I mean, obviously the long drive and, and all this. Uh, it was. And, yeah. and when we went down to the spot where we were seeing the ocean, you, you know if you're looking south that you're looking towards Antarctica. But it's still another, what do you say, 2,000 kilometers yeah, or something? It's still It's still way away. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of cool to stand there and look over the horizon and know that's what's on the other side. <laughs> and that was 83 steps down. This was a very, I'd say, busy and physical day. 83 steps down wasn't bad. It was the coming back up. That was, yeah. Then we went to an experiment that they had done with redwoods. So these beautiful California redwoods, um, just walking in there. Yeah, somebody had decided an idea about, we'll grow some redwoods for lumber. Then they figured out how long it takes redwoods to grow. And decided that was not such a big idea, so now it's a park. They are tall, and they are big around. <laughs> we did that. Then we went to some very nice falls there, which was a lot of steps down, then a lot more steps up than uh, there were down, I think. 124. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a lot of steps. They are, and they're the steps, like, takes two steps to get across a step, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stuff carved into a hillside. Was this was that this was your last day? Am it's I our right? last day there. Oh, we're in, in this is a this is a little van. Now the, the the tour company was very nice. We get there in the morning and they've got coffee and tea and snacks, and we get in this. You know what they say? You've got a nine passenger van, and we get in this passenger van and look around, and there's no cup holders. <laughs> I said, if this had been an American van, there would have been twenty seven cup holders for nine people. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. But the, but no cup holders in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up the name of that falls. It's called Hopetoon, H-O-P-E-T-O-U-N. So if you ever get a chance, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Love that. So it, the tour was nicely organized. Our tour guide wasn't as informative as the one had been Monday as we were driving by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then somebody had kind of lamented that we really hadn't seen kangaroos. And he goes, I know where I can find some kangaroos. And he pulls over to a golf course right at sunset. And there's all these kangaroos hanging out on the golf course and somebody playing through playing golf <laughs> with all the kangaroos right there. Only in Australia, you know? And- yeah, I mean, kangaroos are lying around and their joeys are lying out of the pockets, you know, just enjoying the sunshine. And I was surprised we were able to get as close to them as we were taking their pictures. It didn't seem phased by people at all. Same guide, one of the ladies with us was with a, a school and she said she wanted to see koalas. So he drove us several places where we could see koalas in the wild and you know, we were having a hunt the koala fest. Wow. But successful. Yeah. Several places. Yeah, you get several. out there and point, okay, yeah, there's one right up there. Wow. That's amazing. Well, it sounds like you guys had a, a really fantastic and successful time in Melbourne seeing all the critters. 
that you wanted to see, Connie. I know Brian has a couple of wrap-up questions for y'all. Yeah, I guess maybe I just wanted to ask, and maybe it's really just one wrap-up question. If someone came to you and said, look, I want to see Australia. Is it, is, is it the cruise with the ABD and then, you know, a little bit of time on your own? Or would you, you know, recommend a different strategy for folks? Because I think there's plenty of folks who are like interested in these Trans-Pacific sailings, interested in Australia. But I, I'll say at least on the cruise line side, I struggle to see those sailings as the way, the best way to see Australia if you haven't been before. So I'm curious, what, what would you recommend? Yeah, that'd be like saying... Yeah, it'd be like saying transatlantic's a way to see Europe. You 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 have a lot of at sea days, which is really the cruise experience. Mm-hmm. Even when we were planning this, we had to just stop and decide. Okay, we get to Australia. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We can't just turn around and come back. Although there were people that were doing that. Mm-hmm. We need to take advantage, and and there was a lot of things to choose. Do we want to go see that big rock? Do we want to go see the Great Barrier Reef? The Great Barrier right. Reef. Do, Do we want to go to the outback? Yeah. Right. Do we want to take the opportunity to just to to jump over to New Zealand, which is it's more than a jump. Yeah, it's 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 a ways, but still you're that far. We even looked at oh, do we go up to Japan? Well, Japan is closer to Dallas. Tokyo is closer to Dallas than it is to Sydney. Yeah. Hard, hard to get your, wrap your mind around, but that's the way it was. It's okay. Yeah. That's not really an option. Yeah. You know, I would say for someone our age that's, you know, retired and, and not as active as we used to be, it was a great way to see, mm-hmm. to do it because you didn't have to worry about the time zone changes on the ship. It was a very gradual way to get there. I know mm-hmm. coming back that 14 hour flight did me in. It was two or three days before I was back on my feet, really. Yeah. If I were younger, I think it'd be more fun to see more of Australia. But for us, it was what we could do. Sounds great. Sounds like a fantastic trip, you guys. I'm, oh, it was. It was. I'm very You jealous. know, it's been a long time coming. We It's been on our bucket list for a long time. So That's right. Was, you willed it and Disney did it. So That's right. <laughs> yes. And then when they were talking in the uh, Castaway Club gathering and they were talking about, you know, we've been wanting to do this for a while and we're glad that we're finally able to do that. And then they were th- talking about some of the things that they would like to see. Mm-hmm. And they said, now, this is... This is us personally. This is not Disney saying we're looking at this. This is us saying we would like to do a round-the-world cruise. Mm-hmm. But don't say that came from Disney. Right. This is just, you know, your uh, your team here saying that's what we would like to do. I got a lot of applause. I think there'd be a <laughs> lot of people interested in doing it. Yeah. Yeah, the hard part is finding people who can afford it and have enough time off of work to do it. <laughs> right. And finding crew that could do yeah, that. Yeah, true, true. It is. Yeah. There are some cruise lines that do it. Disney is just not one of them. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, not now or not not right now, at least. Uh, maybe in the future. More shemming. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what true, the future holds. True. So, But uh, for now, I need to back over to Sam for a little... Arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know is rapid fire. So, Sam, take it away. Thank you, Brian. All right, you guys. I am going to give you an, I'm going to call it an abbreviated rapid fire because we're just going to talk your Disney Cruise Line favorites. What I'm really wondering is if anything has changed, you know, since our last chat. And so we're going to start with 
now that you've been, of course, on all five ships, but you've spent a lot of time on the Wonder, you've got to tell me, you know, what are your favorites from across the fleet? So let's start with your favorite cruise line stage show. And Mike, we're going to start with you. Favorite cruise line stage show? Yeah. Can it be past? Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah. Past, oh. present. Hercules the musical <laughs> yeah. for both oh, Hercules of us. Ah, you both, all right. Fantastic. I mean, who doesn't love Hercules? Yeah. All right. Horrible. Yeah. Okay. Favorite bar across the fleet. Connie, let's start with you. Well, I don't drink, so. That's okay. Do you like any of the spaces themed? I guess the Star Wars one at Wish. That was oh, fun. Just yeah. in there. Yeah. Hyperspace. What about you, Mike? The Cove Cafe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cove Cafe. Yeah. And it's and for all of us coffee drinkers out there, you don't even you don't have to even get any kind of martini. Just get coffee. It's awesome. Yes. All right. Go and get my Americano or get my espresso and, and yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, because it's much pack. better. Yes, because it's so much better than that swill they're serving on deck. They they like to call <laughs> Joffrey's. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Joffrey's. All She's right. Not, she's not re- sorry, Joffrey's. <laughs> no, I'm really not sorry. That's true. I'm really not sorry. Not sorry, Joffrey's. All right. Favorite rotational dining, Mike. Let's start with you. Oh, I, I think if there was one that I was going to go back to, would have to be Rapunzel's. Oh yeah, I love Rapunzel's Royal Table. What about you, Connie? I still love animators. Yeah. On, on all the ships, I just yeah. You know, you get that good feeling. Uh, it is. I, 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 well, and I mean, who doesn't love animation magic too? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah. All right. Favorite onboard activity, favorite thing to do when you're on a Disney ship is sort of what I like to call it. Connie. Wow. I love all the cooking things. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Mike. I think one of the things I look forward to is hanging out in the hot tub and, and having somebody there to talk, to talk to about, you know, where you're from, where you're going. Yeah, I love that. Meeting new people and enjoying that. Yeah, enjoying the pool deck, the hot tub, especially the quiet cove. Always Mm -hmm. a good time there. Absolutely. All right. Favorite port stop. And I'm going to exclude Castaway Key because I feel like Castaway is such an easy answer for people. So, yeah, favorite. It's easy. Yeah. Because it's Liverpool. I got to walk down Penny Lane. Oh, yeah. I got to go to the cavern. Fantastic. What about you, Connie? I say the Orkney Islands. Ooh, nice. Okay, so you get it. This is the same cruise. This is the British Isles. Yeah, I loved Scotland. The people there were just amazing. They were so kind and you know want to tell you everything they can and show you everything they can. Love it. All right. We got to talk food. Favorite onboard food items. We're going to do one savory and one sweet, but we're going to start with the sweet because I'm a savory person. So, Connie, give me one favorite sweet item on board a Disney Cruise Line ship. She, 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 I don't know, but what she gets Mickey all the bar. time is a Mickey bar. <laughs> yeah, yes. there you go. That's a great answer. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mike, what about you? Probably cream brulee. Mm, nice. All right, now you have to hit the savory. Mike, what is a favorite savory item for you? Lamb chops. Ooh, nice. Connie, what about you? The soup from um, Animators, the baked potato cheese. Oh, the potato and chive soup. Yeah, nice. No, yes. no, it's a, it's a baked potato and cheese. Oh, the baked potato and cheese soup. Sorry, yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the one that she'll get all three nights when we're doing the rotational day. <laughs> I love and it. And sometimes just get a couple of bowls of that and not eat anything else. All right. Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Duck versus Aqua Mouse. Which one is your favorite, Mike? The Aqua Duck. All right. Connie? Connie agrees. She's yeah. shaking her head that I got the right answer. <laughs> I love it. Nice, Connie. <laughs> well done. Well done. Good coaching there. Okay. Really important question. Which one is your favorite ship? Connie, we'll start with you. Fantasy. Ooh, that was quick, Mike. Yeah, the fantasy. Oh, wow. You guys even have the same favorite. Yeah, we get asked that question all the time. It says, oh, it's, it's the fantasy. Ah. Even though we've been on the wonder the most because of its itineraries. Yeah. Our favorite is still fantasy. Oh, interesting. Nice. Okay. Now you guys have, you. I don't even, even know if there is a bucket list cruise that you haven't been on, but let's try well, it. And, My last question. Hey, with of, great, great power comes great responsibility. I mean, these two said they wanted uh, Australia and it came true. So. Right, and Mike, it came true. Connie, so, where are we so, sailing next on Disney Cruise Line? Yeah, where? Yeah, where are we? Where is your bucket list cruise that you haven't sailed? It can be some place that Disney does already cruise, but it can also be an, a place that Disney has yet to cruise. Each one of you, give us a bucket list cruise that you have not yet been on, Mike. The New Panama Canal. Ooh. Connie. Norway. Oh, okay. Two great answers and ones that Disney is already doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's, I guess I'm going to jump in and ask the question Brian often likes to ask, which is what's next for you all is in terms of Disney cruising? Do you have something booked or what are you hoping to do next? We have placeholders. <laughs> That's no. a good start. <laughs> but no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, we've got a, a Disneyland trip and a Lani trip planned. So plenty on the calendar. And so, this was so a big we, one. We have things planned, but no cruise yet. We're kind of looking over things and seeing what's going to fit. And part of that, as always, has to do with grandchildren's schedules and, and what they're doing and what they're wanting to go to. Right, right. So those it's two trips were dictated by grandchildren. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, one of them was because we have to go see Spider-Man. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you got to go to Disneyland if you want to see yes, Spider-Man. Exactly. You can't see him at Disney World. He's not there. Right. Yeah. Well, he is there, I guess, but you have to go to Universal to see him there. Right. <laughs> and that's not going to happen. Well, thanks, you guys. Yeah, well, you stole my last question, so I have nothing else to ask here, but I, I will <laughs> Sorry, wind Brian. us down by saying, Mike, Connie, it has been fabulous chatting with you both about your fabulous Trans-Pacific cruise, your time with Adventures by Disney in Sydney, and your post-Adventures by Disney travels in Australia. What a fabulous time it sounds like you all had. And so... Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing it with our audience. Thank you well, for allowing us. Thanks, Brian and Sam. We love listening to your program and dreaming of other cruises that we can take. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find 
find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.